the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, friends. This is Wendy Scott. I want you to know about my personal friend, Mark Romanowski, and his locksmith and fire door inspection business. Mark decided to sponsor Season Watch to share the great joy he's experienced since he gave his life to Jesus. He accepted the Lord later in life and hopes that you won't wait to have the same peace, too. Mark's always saying, hey, man, you just need Jesus, and that's true. So if your commercial building has fire doors, contact Mark's fire door inspection services. He can inspect and certify all your fire doors and help fix the most common problems with fire marshal inspections. Like Jesus helps us pass God's inspection for heaven. You can find Mark's services and contact info at San Diego Fire Door Inspection.com. That's San Diego Fire Door Inspection.com. Thank you and God bless. Welcome to Season Watch with Wendy Scott, where we observe the things coming on the earth through biblical binoculars because the Bible is both timely and timeless. With her master's degree in rhetoric and writing skills, Wendy is a part time college professor, but a full time truth professor. She believes the Word of God is His perfect revelation, including a young earth six day creation, as well as the global flood inundation, and that Israel is God's chosen nation. Faith alone in Jesus is salvation, the true church rapture comes pre-tribulation, followed by Christ's millennial domination and his eternal kingdom with earth's regeneration. Jesus is coming without hesitation. And now, here's Wendy with today's topic. Hello, friends. Thank you so much for joining me again with Season Watch. And I just want to pray that uh, Lord Jesus just anoint us fresh to open our hearts and our eyes to the things around us. Give us courage and boldness to speak when you prompt us, Lord. Help us to receive your direction and your path for our life. And uh, Lord, we just want to put all of our trust and hope in you, not in this world. So please answer our prayers and guide us in Jesus' name. Amen. And friends, there is a lot going on uh, in the world with the development of a global government. We've talked about this before. Right now, the UN is having its annual coven in New York as the nations of the world gather to the U.N. General Assembly. And these nations are plotting at this very moment to enslave the world under the U.N. global leadership in partnership with the World Economic Forum, the WHO, and other global governing bodies such as the EU, the IMF, the Global Central Banks, Council on Foreign Relations, and other private partnerships like BlackRock, Gavi, the Gates Foundation, all these pseudo-foundations funded like those of George Soros. And so the tool of this enslavement, we talked about it before, is the global agreement to enact the UN's 17 Sustainable Development Goals by the session next year, uh, 2024, and with the target date of complete the global compliance by 2030. That means they will already be in compliance by 2030. That's pretty quick. And while you might think we still have a year before they enact it, they actually, we actually don't because they've claimed that this is the time to accelerate implementing these goals and to begin locking in the changes now, which is what they always do. And so the EU is already rolling out the digital ID, vaccine passport, and setting up the digital euro right now, as many of the nations are already on track rolling these things out. And America's already implemented FedNow, the government's digital payment platform. And we'll start seeing many of our traditional payment systems migrating to this platform. And friends, you know, once all of our digital transactions are on a government system, they won't need a warrant to track our transactions. And uh, this is just the beginning. And so we'll lose all privacy. And this is no surprise because 
Big business already is in collaboration with this administration. We see it on so many levels. And so what, what Fed now is just the beginning. And friends, if you look up the UN's 17 Sustainable Development Goals, you'll see a nicely worded pledge to implement the Communist Manifesto. Woohoo! Sounds great. And that frightening little UN document outlines how to implement their utopian plans by managing division in the populace. They're going to they're gonna tell us how to be nice to each other. Tearing down borders and sovereignty, taking over economic institutions, including energy, production, and banking. Eventually confiscating all assets and private property from the middle class and giving it to the governing institutions. Remember, we're the bourgeoisie in the Communist Manifesto, and that's what they want to do. And that means to them, as they've said before, you'll own nothing and be happy. And that's what these globalists want. And taking, they'll be taking over educational institutions as if they haven't and removing children from uncompliant homes to be raised by the state. And we see they're already implementing this through gender-affirming care laws like that in California. We're nuts here. Uh, and we're just, we're just implementing it. And we must realize that America is already complying with these dictates through the rapid deployment of ESG scores at all levels of society, from banks, companies, businesses, educational institutions, and finally to us, individuals. And you certainly have been hearing that all measurements of opportunity in the public sector now is being filtered through ESG and DEI scores and their policies. And so DEI, remember, measures an institution's adherence to the diversity, equity, and inclusion guidelines, which shift with the whims of the governing elite. And now because of the UN 17 sustainability goals all being ramped up, all companies, banks, schools, everything is getting a score, like it or not, based on compliance with the UN-based ESG guidelines, environmental social governance guidelines. And so we must understand we all will have to do what the we will all have these ESG scores. This is now it's exactly like the Chinese Communist Party social credit score, which controls every Chinese national. And so those implementing the system have openly admired the CCP's ability to elicit compliance from the population and their desire to set up the same kind of system globally. This is not a secret. And so, friends, it's already happening. It's already being implemented. They're just not talking about it widely, but you know these things are going on, and you have no say. Not only are our own elected officials doing whatever they want to comply, unelected officials that don't really represent us are building this machine to trap us in. And so don't think you'll be able to protest next year when it becomes official because it'll be too late. They're already passing laws to silence dissent, just like in California, leading the way to against those who are making opposition to the official narrative on any topic, and it's pr- prosecutable. You wouldn't believe the laws California's passed. They don't want to tell you about them. Just go look them up. And I'm not in, even getting into all those laws. Go find out for yourself. And if you thought, oh, it's okay to ignore the election irregularities that happened, oh, maybe I didn't like President 45. Maybe I'm glad that he's being prosecuted. Uh, maybe I'm glad that he shouldn't have challenged these irregularities. Um, maybe I'm glad that all these things are happening to him. Um, the reality is, is if you're glad that the lawyers that simply filed these challenges to the election irregularities, if you're glad that they're being prosecuted, you have to understand that the Constitution no longer exists, especially if they get prosecuted um, and get time. So all I can say is wake up (laughs) because we reap what we sow. And if we sow indifference to these crimes and this oppression around the world against innocent people, 
then the world will be indifferent to us when we need defending from injustice. And worst of all is the rapid creep of prosecutions against Christians for taking a stand. So Canada arrested pastors uh, for uh, for making trouble. England arrested Christians for praying silently before an abortion clinic. Now they're prosecuting thought crimes. I don't think it's not coming here. New regulations are springing up against Christians standing on public sidewalks here in the U.S., before abortion clinics, and the EU is prosecuting Christians for what they call hate speech uh, when they quote or refer to biblical teachings. And so you should realize that America, as America submits to these agreements, we submit to overriding and eradicating our own constitutional government because they will be superseding our government, and we will be eradicating our own constitutional protections, and it will be too late. And what the U.N. dictates, as outlined in the implementation of these goals, is the required compliance, and there will be no tolerance for dissent. These documents make that clear. And so, friends, you should be able to see the dictates creeping into your daily life, and you should understand where this is going. Not only do they not make it a secret, but the Bible reveals where this world will end up in a digital jail that controls every aspect of our lives. You can see that now. Can't you? Hopefully we won't be here when it gets that bad. But you know what? It's already starting. And the reality is that if we cannot stand for the truth and share the gospel and defend the Bible now when it's not that hard for us in America, then we won't be able to do it under the kinds of pressure that most Christians around the world are already suffering. And so think about the Iranian people suffering terrible persecution for challenging just their ruling oppressive regime. And yet reports reveal that in spite of the consequences of unjust imprisonment, torture, brutality, and executions, Iran right now has the fastest-growing Christian community. Isn't that amazing? And between the unprecedented persecution of Christians and unprecedented floods, earthquakes, and other disasters around the world, friends, it's time for us to do something, support ministries that help suffering people around the world and who will also faithfully give them the gospel when they need it the most because the truth will set us free. Isn't that right? And so today, friends, fasten your truth belts as we continue to talk about the inerrancy of the Bible. It speaks for itself. And so uh, last episode, we began discussing what makes the Bible so uniquely trustworthy. And it's not just the ideas in the Bible that we trust, but every book, every word, every history, every prophecy, every promise can be trusted. It's called the living word because it never fails and never falls out of fashion. And there are no ideas, prophecies, details, or claims that have been proven wrong. Isn't that amazing? And in fact, we find that many assumptions about history, science, and how things work have been that have been used to challenge the Bible. All of these assumptions actually have been proven wrong by subsequent discoveries. It goes on and on. Two observable, uh, two, uh, the observable truth is that the worldview that throws the Bible out will always be flawed. Yet people who hate the Bible still always want to silence it, even when their accusations are proven wrong. And if facts don't help them take down the Bible, they'll use lying, mocking, and censorship. Because this is Satan as the father of lies. He wants to take out the Bible. He wants to uh, take out the truth and discredit the Bible. And yet, 
It is the most widely read and distributed book ever. No one ever risked their life to smuggle any other book into closed societies. The Bible is the most censored book of all time, and more people have risked their lives and suffered persecution, imprisonment, torture, and martyrdom trying to translate it, print it, distribute it, or to just get it it more than any other book in history. And that's not bad for what they call a bunch of fairy tales. It withstands every test of history, prophecy, science, and textual integrity because thousands uh, of ancient manuscripts remain for translation verification, thousands more than any other book or work of antiquity. And so if you're interested in finding a good source for this kind of data, I recommend More Than a Carpenter by Josh McDowell. Many of you have heard of that. It's time to read it again or get some on hand to hand it out. And it was recently updated with the help of his son, Sean. And then another great book many of you probably remember is Evidence That Demands a Verdict, also by Josh McDowell and recently updated. So I remember reading the original copy of this back in 1987. It greatly increased my faith. So get those on hand and prepare to hand them out to others and to remind yourself of why the Bible is so trustworthy and all the things that it claims, because it was not written from the minds of flawed men. It was written by the Spirit of the Lord using the pen of man, just as David confessed in Psalm 45, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. And skeptics suggest that because God used men to write down his word, that undoubtedly it's flawed, because men are flawed, right? And they claim that because it came from the minds of men, it may not even be God's word at all, and we don't need to even listen to it. And this is why I always say to skeptics about the inerrancy of the Bible that um, you have two choices, either God created everything or the universe created itself. And once you realize that it had to be God who created everything, and there's only one God who claimed to create everything, that's the God of the Bible. Once you realize he could create everything out of nothing, then that's the God that you can trust. That's the God that can keep his word, right? If he could create everything out of nothing, he can keep his word. And so, in fact, the Bible makes his claim over and over, right? Uh, We've got in Isaiah 48, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Matthew 24, 55, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. 1 Peter 1, 25, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now, this is the word of the Lord by which we preach to you. And 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. 2 Peter 1.20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came, never came by the will of man, but by holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. As we know by Hebrews 4.12, that the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints of the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And the Psalm 19.7, oh, Psalm 19, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple, much more to be desired than fine gold, sweeter than honey. Moreover, is your servant warned, and keeping them is great reward, right? And then finally, 2 Timothy 4, 2. Preach the word, be ready, in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. And there's so many quotes from God about the word that it will stand forever. And so over and over, God declares that his word is perfect and true and will stand forever, and it will accomplish his perfect, and no one could keep it from going forth, as we see, it's gone out in the whole world in every language, family of the human tongue, and now we continue to interpret it even into every dialect. 
And over the centuries, humans have worked very hard to get the word of God into every nation, in the hands of every human, because indeed, we know the truth will set you free. At great personal cost, faithful believers have been faithfully translating his word from the earliest transcripts of Hebrew and Greek into every language. And so people ask, how do we know that it's really the word of God, that it hasn't been changed through these translations? And aside from all that I just said, uh, first, we still have the original manuscripts to try them and to look at them and to, cha- and to check them. But logically, we have another measurement. Logically, we realize that God created everything out of nothing. He can keep his word. And he's like, if you compare it to someone hiring a lawyer, right? So this makes sense. If you hire a lawyer to write your will or to carry out some dictate, maybe to write some document for you on your behalf, and then he brings the document to you and you check it and it is not what you asked for, or he's changed your wording or changed what you meant, then you're going to fire that lawyer. You are going to get rid of him and you're going to get a new lawyer. Not only that, but you're going to feel like that lawyer maybe was being defiant to your wishes. Well, God's certainly not going to accept or tolerate somebody recording his dictates uh, falsely. And so it's just like any of us. If we could hire a lawyer and fire a lawyer because they don't follow our directions, we could certainly trust that God, who created everything out of nothing, can do as much. And so uh, we see that the Bible also passes every test of humans, which we looked at a little last week. And so here's some of the important evidence about the Bible. Um, historically, all the events in the Bible take place in real places with real people at real times, all confirmed by archaeology. We can line them all up. In fact, they use the Bible frequently to find new things. Um, And the Bible was written by over 40 authors from completely different backgrounds in several locations over the period of at least 1,500 years. And the details Um, more eyewitness history of the world than any other ancient text, religious or secular. There's no book like it in terms of faithfully recording history. And the Bible faithfully records events with rich cultural and historical details of Israel and the surrounding civilizations it interacts with, establishing its credibility and God's interest in our lives. And, of course, we talked a little about the science, which we'll get into more, and how it can be trusted scientifically. But no detail of the Bible has ever been proven inaccurate, and most writings are by actual witnesses published while living witnesses were still alive. And their writings, such as in the New Testament, we see that the Gospel of Luke declares that witnesses were interviewed. Isn't that interesting? He's called the great historian even by secular people. And the details of such historical significance were included in his narrative to verify the events and the sayings concerning Jesus. And then in their writings, Peter, John, and Paul also point to other living witnesses as evidence, saying these people are, they literally say, these people are all still alive. Go ask them. And so no other faith of ancient history is based on such trustworthy facts. And it has textual reliability. The Hebrew scribes ensured that the Old Testament meets the highest copying standards. And then we saw that the nearly 2,000-year-old Dead Sea Scrolls contain about all but one of the Old Testament books and confirm the accuracy of the copied manuscripts. You can't say that about any other book. And then at 20,000 ancient manuscripts, the New Testament has more manuscript support than any other ancient work. Most ancient works have less than 10 manuscripts available for comparison. They're usually far away from the original time of writing. The next best thing is the Iliad, with 643 ancient manuscripts. Compare that to 20,000, and that's the best they can do. And so remarkably, the New Testament 
uh, manuscripts date back to the first century instead of several years from the original like the old other ancient texts. These accounts were written by actual witnesses within 40 years of the events, which is super rare at that time, at a time when witnesses were still alive, as we said, and at a time when the average person wasn't just writing things down. And so the Bible of today is not different from thousands of years ago, while other faiths have made significant textual changes. And the Bible's textual integrity is unquestioned by most scholars, further confirmed by its continuity and doctrinal agreement throughout its books over thousands of years. Beginning to end, you see the same story, the same promises reaffirmed. Uh, Usually two people can't agree with each other, let alone uh, 40 authors. And so no other ancient text, secular or faith-based, has so much evidence to establish its reliability and continuity. And we could trust the integrity of the Bible text because when we apply it to the same criteria as we do other historical documents or records of events that we did not witness, we can trust that these things are true. We have so much verification, and we can trust Jesus' words like we trust all other history because what has always been accepted and what was written by his contemporaries and witnesses, there's without exception no truer record than the Bible. No other ancient text has been so scrutinized, and no other ancient text meets the least of these requirements. It's a high standard the Bible meets. And so we also see that no other faith-based text offers prophecy for corroboration. I mean, we've got the books and the prophets of the Old Testament actually cross-reference each other so that we know that we're va- they're valid. What's interesting is the prophets mention each other. So Daniel is mentioned by Ezekiel. Isaiah is mentioned in Second Kings and Second Chronicles. Jeremiah is mentioned in Second Chronicles and Ezra and by Daniel. Ezra is mentioned by Nehemiah, Zechariah is mentioned by Ezra and Nehemiah, and Nehemiah is mentioned by Ezra. Micah is mentioned by Jeremiah and Jeremiah. If, uh, so if one fails, they all are false. You see, that, that testifies of itself by its interdependence and recognition of the other books. And so prophecies about Israel have been precise, all of them. We could go into that, hopefully, at some point. But the number one prophecy is that they would come back into the land after 2,000 years. And what more evidence do we need? Nobody gets their land back after being uh, out of it for 2,000 years. And that is the most stupendous prophecy of all. But, of course, the Old Testament prophecies gave over 300. The Old Testament gave over 300 prophecies about the Messiah that were precisely fulfilled by Jesus through written, though it was written hundreds of years before his birth. And so those testimonies of all those prophecies are so precise that the world has been receiving that testimony ever since. And if the past prophecies are so accurate, then we can trust the Bible's prophecies about the future. And moreover, the Bible verifies itself. Jesus, in fact, verifies all the most troublesome accounts in the Bible. So if you're going to believe in Jesus, but you don't want to believe some of these accounts, then you're going to have a problem because Jesus verifies the creation account. It verifies the Noah account and the global flood. He verifies the account of Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. He also verifies that Moses wrote the five books, the first five books, right? The law 
And then he also verifies Jonah and the whale. And he specifies the details of these, that Jonah was in the belly of the whale. Well, if you don't like Jonah and the whale, you think it's a fantasy, then you're going to have a problem accepting Jesus because Jesus verified all of these accounts. And so once we start to look at all of the ways that the not only does the outside evidence, the archaeology, the history, the science verify everything that's within the Bible, and we start to see that the Bible verifies itself by cross-referencing itself throughout, although it was written over the period of 1,500 years. It's the most amazing thing. And the promises are uniform throughout. From the beginning, the very beginning, God promised a Savior would come. And at the end, the promise is not only fulfilled in Jesus, but we have the promise that he will make all things new. And we see Revelation, one of the most incredible books of the Bible, is the end cap of all of the Bible. And what's interesting is I've heard people say that if if you can't get uh, Genesis right and accept the account of Genesis, then you're not going to get the book of Revelation right and the account of what's coming in the future. And so I urge you all to trust these things, to investigate and look at them yourself and to understand that God's word holds up not just to exterior scrutiny, but to scrutiny and cross-referencing of itself. The Bible speaks for itself to this generation, and it's an amazing, trustworthy thing. We have no reason, no basis to discount any element of the Bible. There's too much to verify it. And the question would be, why would you? Why would you throw any of it out? And so as we begin to look at this, and we're going to start looking at some of the other challenges to the Bible. We're going to look at liberal theology and how dangerous that is. We're going to look at the science that speaks for the Bible and that the Bible is true and trustworthy. And we're going to certainly notice, we're going to observe that God does all these things so that we can trust him. He verifies himself for us. He loves us and he calls us according to his plan. And he is someone that we can rest in. The word of God is worthy of defending and we must study it, defend it, and speak the truth to others so they can have what we have, that hope for eternal life. And so until next time, I hope you join me again. I thank you and God bless you all. Join Wendy Scott every Saturday at 3 p.m. on K-Praise for another episode of Season Watch. Previous episodes can be found through the K-Praise podcast platform, where you can also access Wendy's other platforms and contact links. Please email Wendy with show comments, questions, or suggestions at wscott at mywordsforhim.com or visit her website at mywordsforhim.com for additional resources. Watch other teachings on her Rumble channel. Wendy's Words for Him, her fiction novel, The Lost, A Story of Christmas, can be found on Amazon. Until next week, watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.